Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. It's like you've never left. Well, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Pardon Me, Alex, the only Lumberjack basketball podcast on the air, baby. We are back. Jacqueline's feeling a lot better. She's becoming herself again. She has life. Uh, not 100% yet, but she will get there. Um, how are you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm just very tired, but I no longer feel like I'm dying. So that's a real improvement. That's yeah. honestly all that matters is the fact that you don't feel like you're dying. Because I hated that. Having it, having you down and out for a week or for a week plus was just not, it wasn't like you. So no, um, I made my bed to the couch today and that was quite an improvement. I'm so happy. I'm glad that you're on the mend and you're feeling better and we can get back to our normal shenanigan ways. It's quite a hiatus. I did not like it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we have a lot to catch up on today. We're doing, uh, talking about two games, uh, Tarleton and UTA both at home. Um, and so we're going to go and talk about both of those. We're going to try and summarize it as best as we can so that we're not monopolizing too much of your time. Cause I know it's Friday night and I know you got things to do. Um, and so we are, Oh, wait a minute. Mr. McDonald about to get on my plane to Texas. See y'all Sunday. Oh, we are so excited that he's coming back to Texas. I'm so, excited. so soon. I know. I feel like you were just here and I, Oh my God. I don't know what that noise was. Um, excited to see you again, man. I know. I'll be alive and well on Sunday. I can't wait. Yeah, great. We're so excited to see Kyle at uh, tailgate on Sunday. Um, glad that he's coming in for the CBU game. And so we are pumped for that. But anyway, well, you have a safe flight, bud. We'll see you soon. With that being said, let's get it started. Man, what a crazy few weeks it's been for Lumberjack basketball, highs, lows. The thrill of the victory and the agony of defeat, I feel like, is kind of how we can describe the past few days, or not days, past few few weeks here um, with, with SFA basketball. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how we finish out the season and how things go from here on out, and um, hoping hoping for good things from our boys. But um Tonight, we're here to talk about the Tarleton and UTA games, both at home. Uh, we'll obviously start off with Tarleton because that is uh, the first game that we – or the last game that we uh, that we left off on. And uh, so that game was on – what was that? When, it was a Wednesday, right? Yep, Wednesday, uh, February 15th. Gotcha. That's right. God, that feels like so long ago. I mean, it's almost March, so I guess it it, 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 it was a while ago. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a Wednesday game, and uh, what was our so what was our background with Tarleton? I know we played them before, um, before we even went into uh, the WAC, and so uh, but not much. But what, what was our overall record history? Yeah, we played them a little. We um, going into this, our overall record was nine wins and two losses um, last season. So um, we had only played them eleven times, so not just a whole lot in the past. Mm -hmm. um, last. <clears throat> Last season, we only played them once on the road. Uh, we lost 77-71. That was the game 
when me and my family went, um, and it was it was a messy game. <coughs> our largest, yeah, our largest margin of victory was 126 to 86 in 1972, and then our smallest margin of victory was uh, 64 to 57 in 1974. So yeah, we played them several times, like around in the eighties. Uh, so I, I didn't fact check it, but I, if I had to take just like a random guess, I would guess maybe we were like in the Lone Star conference together at that time. Mm, that would make more sense. But yeah. Um, interesting, interesting. And, and a lot of people are because, you know, we're losing Sam Houston to FBS, um, and they won't be in the whack anymore. A lot of people are trying to like push us on a couple different paths for our new in-state rivalry. And um, some people are saying, oh yeah, it's going to be Tarleton or, oh yeah, it's going to be ACU. And I'm just like, okay, just pump the brakes here, people. You can't just force a rivalry. Eh? That's just not how this works. So um, pretty interesting that we have a pretty small, but albeit long-standing tradition of playing them back into the 70s. So that's pretty interesting. Um, so we're going to pop right over the wax standings and the seating because obviously this was yeah. from February 15th and the standings and stuff aren't going to be updated. They're updated to what is currently, um, how it was currently. So it would be it would make no sense to talk about those two at the moment. But I'm pretty sure we're in the same position we were back in on the 15th at the sixth seed. Um, so there isn't really much to report in that context. So, yeah. Um, so just going straight into the game notes and talking about, uh, the game itself. Yeah. So our, it was kind of our typical starting lineup, Terrell, Rati, Dede, AJ, and Nana. Uh, we did win <clears throat> by five points, 65 to 60. Our attendance was 2180, um, for Sean Kennedy's stat section, our field goal percentage was 50%. Our three-point percentage um, is pretty high at 42.9. Our free throw percentage, not the greatest, 62.5. Um, our, I'm glad we won this game because our points in the paint were really low, uh, 22. Hmm. Our points off turnovers, we had 14. Second chance points, we had 11. Fast break points, we had 13. Um, 23 bench points. So our rebounds were good this game. We had 37. We out-rebounded them by 10. Um, we had seven offensive boards and 30 defensive boards. Wow. A lot of defensive boards. Um, a lot of defensive boards, yeah. We had 22 fouls. Um, we had 15 turnovers. They only had 12 turnovers. We had four steals and three blocks. Our game leader was Nigel with 22 points, four rebounds, three assists. And then <clears throat> closely trailing, we had Trail with 16 points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal. Man. So our Pilgrim's Pride player of the game was who? Uh, I I had to choose Nigel for that one. He played great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm if I can recall back, I'm pretty sure he was also – the player of the game that night too. Um, the, yeah, I think so too. the Pilgrim's Pride player of the game that they choose. Um, but man, this this was a wild game. It, it was a wild game. You know, it was it was there was no point in this game where I felt like we were safe. Really, um, it, it was one of those games where it was it wasn't necessarily like lead change back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the entire time. Um, you know, there were a bunch of lead changes, but it was 
a close enough throughout the majority of the game to where it was too close, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we go in at the half tied 32, 32, right. And then we come out of the half and we're struggling to, you know, kind of pick back where we left off on, you know, that high, like it, it kind of in a little bit of a scoring drought. So it was just a really, really good game all in all. It was a nail biter. Um, yeah, but let, let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about the strengths. Um, who do you want to talk about first? Well, so one random funny note, and I, I could be wrong because um, I'm not 100% at all, but uh, whenever I rewatched this game earlier today, I'm almost positive that I saw um, – because remember when Shannon's dad would come to our games, he would sit in that same little spot by the tunnel? Yeah. I'm almost positive he was there to watch Amir. Oh, that's him. Oh, looked like him, and it was in the same spot. But yeah, didn't rewind back. But um, mm, that's fair. that would be cool. I mean, I'm sure he did because I'm sure they, you know, uh, I'm I'm sure they uh, did come or he he at least came to see Shamir play. Um, for those of you who are like, who the hell are they talking about? Many it felt like many moons ago, uh, a few years ago, pre-COVID, we had. Um, a player on our team, Shannon Bogues. He was from what JUCO did he transfer from? Uh, he was a JUCO transfer. Let's just say that he was a JUCO transfer. Um, as as a you know, obviously coming over sophomore, he was junior. So he played for us for a few seasons, few years. Um, and he was it's just fantastic. Like I mean, we 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 really honestly hit the jackpot most of the time with our JUCO transfers, and he was definitely one of them. Um, and just a fantastic addition to the Lumberjack team. He was fast. He was quick. He was very, he's so athletic. Um, he actually is playing overseas. And if you were following our page on Instagram, um, he, his team overseas actually just won their championship. Um, and I'm going to have to go what, back. What country is it again? He's in right now? Switzerland. I was like, I just, I had to quickly go back and look. Um, so he plays for a team in Switzerland um, I'm, I got, I'm probably going to totally butcher it. I would too. Yeah. It's, uh, S A M basket massagino. That's probably wrong, but anyway. Um, but so he plays professionally in Switzerland. I'll, we'll just say that anyway. And their team just won, um, the championship for the Swiss basketball league. So that's really cool. So anyway, he's doing well, he's playing professionally. Um, and so his, his younger brother, Shamir, when he was looking to transfer to a four-year college D1, we were like almost fingers crossing that he would choose to come to SFA two, which we kind of figured he wouldn't. He didn't want to live obviously in, you know, any shadows or anything, but um, he, he's just as, he's just as athletic as his brother. So we were hoping, but, but yeah, so Shamir, he plays for Tarleton. So there's a little background context for you. Any hooser? So let's let's talk. Let's talk about it. Oh Jesus. I hit the wrong button. Okay, we're good. Um so yeah, who are we gonna talk about first? Um well my very first note before I had even looked <clears throat> looked at the stats was some great rebounds from Day. He got mm-hmm. 14 rebounds. That's insane. That's that might be the most any player has had in a single game all season. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest of the season for a single player. 
think it is. I'll look it up while you talk. Yeah, that, that, that's just insane. Day Day is just, he is so consistent, you know, on many, many, for many reasons. But one of those is that he he is such a workhorse. And his, and I, I'll say this again when we talk about even the UTA game and, and of course, talking about the, the game that we just played uh, against ACU. Um, his footwork is bananas. You know, he... He plays that old school type of basketball and it's just, it's a beautiful sight to see. And so when you see numbers like he put up, he had 12 defensive rebounds of his 14. I mean, he was under the basket fighting hard for those rebounds and it obviously it paid off. Um, he had eight points. He had a, he had a steal. He had a block. Um, he had two assists and then um, let's see what else. He was three for five with his field goal. So, I mean, Again, he's there. He's Mr. Consistency. Um, he played the most minutes. He was playing for 36 minutes. He was out there hustling. That um, was confirmed. That is the highest individual rebound this season. Game high rebounds. I don't remember a lot of things, but for some reason that stuck yeah. out. So that that tracks. I thought the same. That's yeah. I, he's just nuts. Day Day is just an, is again, he's a nutball. He's not the only one on the team. So I'm, I'm going to say that he's, he's not the only one on the team that I consider a workhorse, but he is so good. And I, I, it's just a thing of beauty to watch him play. And I can't wait. And I hopefully cannot wait to continue watching him play for SFA in, in the future years. Cause you know, he's still, he's still pretty young. You know, he, he's not a junior. He's not a senior. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty young still. So he has a way to go. Um, what else about Day Day? Uh, some, I mean, this is every game because he's just so consistent. But in this game, I, I felt like he really had some moves to the bucket that were just so good. Always, so, I put so good on caps. Oh, absolutely! I, 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 you can't say enough about him. To be honest with you, he's just insane. Um, yeah, career high. That was his career high of 14 rebounds on the night. That's another thing to add to his okay. add under his belt there on that game. Um, so love watching day day. Let's, uh, let's go on, talk about another guy who always shows up when we need him. My boy trail. I say our boy trail, not my boy. He he's all of our boys. Oh my God. I, I just can't help but smile when I watch this kid play. Like it's nuts. Like he is wild. Um, just when you think that, you know, He's shown us all he can do. He, you know, he continues to just push and push and push. He had, he was perfect with his three pointers this night, this game, four for four. Perfect. How often does that happen when you're perfect on your threes? Not very. Exact. I mean, insane, insane. Four for four. The some of the ones that he took this game. I mean, we've always seen him throw some up from like way out, but several of them were like way, way out. He's, I mean, honestly, his range is like NBA range. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a three point shooter on our team like him. It's been a while. It's been a very long time. I agree. He's and like that's something we haven't had in a really long time. Someone who is consistent with behind the arc, like, yeah. God. And someone, he not only is consistent beyond the arc, but he also has the court presence to know when he doesn't have a shot and he's not, it's not a good shot. And he either dumps it off to somebody else or he, or he takes it in and he drives it into the basket. 
he knows how to do that too. He's shown that, that he can know, he knows how to drive it into the basket too, or have enough court presence to realize, okay, this isn't my shot. This, I don't have a good shot here. So he dumps it off to like Nigel or, or, uh, you know, Rati or someone else. So I, again, I just love, I, I love his, his, his hypeness and fire on the court. And we've said this about him many times and we'll continue talking about it. Um, it is just bar none. He, he gets everyone else on the court hyped up. And that's something you just can't teach. That's just something that's ingrained into his soul. I feel like, you know? Yeah. And he's always great on defense too. One of my other notes uh, was he took a really great charge. Um, he just has really good, like court vision on when he has the opportunity to get himself set and take a good charge. And I love to see that. That's really true. I wish there was a stat out there where you could see how many of his, how many charges he's taken this entire season. Like I would love to know what that is because he's one of the guys on the team that I feel like he's always putting himself in the right position to take a charge and not just one. He takes multiple per game. Right. And I mean, it's one thing to like, just get, get in the way and try to take one, but to successfully mm-hmm. take one takes another skill set. Cause a lot of players, uh, they're willing to put their body on the line, but they aren't executing it properly to actually get in position and actually take it and get the, get the whistle their way. So. Right. It's, it's a great point. It's a great point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on and on about trail about day day. Um, another guy who had a fantastic night, high point, our boy, Nigel. Holy moly. I feel like, I mean, Nigel's been playing well all season, but for something within the past, like, I would say month, maybe, maybe a little bit less or more, more or less, he's been on a different plane. Like he's been playing lights out and it may not be high point, but he's playing lights out. I don't know what, who slipped him something in his Cheerios um, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not mad about it one bit because he's just been playing lights out. Um, you know, that 22 point game is just, that's, that's so good for him. I mean, coming off of his injuries from last year and, and, and all the things that he's gone through, all the adversity he's gone through, I, you know, I just could not be happier for him. Eight, four, eight and 14, uh, he sunk a three. He was almost perfect on his free throws. Uh, he had four rebounds, three assists. I mean, you already talked about his stat line, but, you know, of course, a lot of stuff that you see from Nigel doesn't necessarily show up in the stats either. I mean, it's it's also his he's, – he's usually – and I, I don't know if it was this game. I think it was this game where I was listening to the post game with with him and Kyle and uh, Coach Keller and – and uh, and uh, Trell. I think that was this game. And I'm pretty sure it was Nigel who said, you know, usually I'm pretty chill on the court. Like I don't get super, you know, emotional or, or, you know, I don't really get very, you know, be, you know, I don't know how to describe it. I'll say emotional. But when he looked over after he hit a three and he saw Trell flip out, and like screaming and yelling when when Nigel hit hit three, Nigel just couldn't help it. He's like, I couldn't help it. I got excited. I got I freaked out. I was screaming. I was getting pumped up. And that's just the effect that Trell has on the rest of the team. And that's something that again you don't normally see from Nigel. He's usually pretty even killed. 
you know, like not much really gets after him, you know, positively or negatively. He's just goes out there, hits the three or, you know, gets a breakaway layup or dunk. And then he just continues on. Like he doesn't do celebrations. Usually he just kind of lets it go. But that was that game where he saw Trell flip out and he just immediately started doing the same thing, like just type stuff. So um, love, love Nigel, man. I think he's, He's really entering his stride right now, and I just it just needs to continue charging forward. Yeah, and I feel like we said maybe on one of the last episodes didn't didn't we say something about how we feel like Nigel sometimes performs better under pressure? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, uh, that's that's a really good point, um, and I, I agree. I, I think we I'm pretty sure we did say that, and I I, I can see that he does. I mean. The pressure is on. It's it's towards the it's literally the end of the season. We have four game, two games. We have the game on Saturday or this game on Sunday. We have the uh, Sam Houston. We have three games left. You know, so we have three games left. Three games left. Two of them at home and one's away. And we have every opportunity to you know hopefully make up some some points in the in the in the seating and potentially. I, again, I'd have to check and see what they were currently, but you know, they might be might be able to sneak up one here if we get if we get uh, Grand Canyon to lose a couple. But yeah, it, it, the pressure's on, you know, and and we're heading into Whack Vegas, and we just need them to continue putting the pressure on the other teams. Yeah, yeah. What else about Nigel from this game? Um. I mean, he just played great, you know, and he had several. I feel like we don't see it from him a lot, but um, when he's on, he'll do several just like pull-up jumpers that you aren't expecting. So I feel like most of the time his scoring is more of maybe some outside shooting and mostly driving in, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. like a range jumper. Um, But he really excels at that. So when he does it, um, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, I felt like most of his scoring was kind of that mid-range. Um, yeah, him and him and Trell both finished that first half with 12 points. I mean, so already kicking butt there in the beginning of the first half. And he was the um, – I was trying to remember what I had read or saw or – never mind. I, 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 I guess I read it wrong. But um, let's go on and, and – uh, Talk about uh, our boy Roe. Another good night, 11 points, um, two assists. What else did Roe have? Um, three for eight on the field goal, four for – I mean, he was almost 100% on his free throws. Uh, a good night from him. Um, anything on your end about Roe? Um, nothing specific. I mean, he played great, but um... – uh, I'm just low on notes for these few games. Y'all. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, other thing I want to say is, yes, of course, Day Day had, we know he had 16 points or 16, uh, 14 rebounds, but uh, who else had some good rebounds was Nana. Nana had six rebounds. Um, he had two blocks, two blocks from him. He had a steal, which you don't normally see from Nana, him stealing the ball. So that's nice. Um, love to see that there. Uh, yeah, so that was good. That was good. And I, uh, and, um, yeah, so a lot of good stuff. Who else is in there? Robbie had a, had a nice steal in there. 
Um, he had four rebounds and he only played for 11 minutes. <clears throat> Whenever he's in the game, he just, he goes off, man. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I can't even, it's just wild to me. You know what I mean? He, he just is a complete terror. I don't even like, and I mean that in the best positive way. Like he's just a terror. Yeah, we love him. Uh, another note I was going to say about <clears throat> Nana was he, those two blocks, he blocked Shamir twice. <laughs> and they were both really good blocks. <clears throat> of course. Very nice. I so with Shamir. Love that. Um, were there any, are there any other notes you had about the game positively before we move on to the next section? Yeah, I have one random one about our threes. So whenever I was watching it back, today I, I think it was chase saying that we are currently six or at that day anyway um six in the nation on three point percentage and tied for worst oh my gosh tied for first in the whack mm. highest three point percentage overall so that's that pretty good. yeah no that's fantastic um and it's amazing that the whack has two of the top six i mean mm-hmm that is that you that's what you don't normally see that out of a mid-major school or a conference like that. So that's awesome. Um, okay, great. Let's move on. Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're gonna hear about it. You. All right. Jacqueline, let's hear about it. So, you know, I don't feel like it was as bad whenever I watched the game back but mm -hmm. I feel like during the game I felt like I really had a lot of complaints with the officiating yeah um so I don't know where the disconnect was on that but who knows um but definitely during the game I was like I just couldn't understand maybe there were just several calls that were really egregious that bothered me but um it, it just, like, made me wonder, do these referees still, like, kiss Billy Gillespie's ass like he's some big something? I don't know. That's all I could think of during the game because I just – I don't know. I felt like he got a lot of calls. And you can tell – you can tell when you feel like officials are, like, showing more deference to one coach than the other. And, I mean, I get it. He used to coach at Kentucky. Big freaking look. Whatever. I mean – but come, but still, exactly, exactly. Big whoop. Who who cares? Who cares where he used to coach? You know, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter if you're if if one coach is some peon from from a D one team in the lowest division and or lowest uh, conference in the league, and then on the other side you got you know like Coach K or like Calipari. You know, like it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter. You call the game based off what's happening in front of you and not who the hell's behind you on the bench. Like, I agree. You know? And so that's just how that goes. But, yeah, this game, first thing that sticks out to me, yeah, is those low points in the paint. Um, and, and I don't know if it was just because we were struggling against some of their bigs. It might have been. I mean, but they only had 24 points in the paint, too. So it wasn't – we ended with Nana and Day Day both with four fouls. So that, that definitely impacted our points. Yeah. And, and they also had one, two, two guys with person with four personal fouls and one, two, three, four 
um, and this is Tarleton with three fouls. We had one, two guys with four or four fouls, one, two, three with four, with three fouls. So there was a lot of fouls going on in this game. Nobody fouled out, but there was a lot of fouls being thrown out on both sides. But yeah, so I had to feel like the just scoring in the paint this game was just non-existent. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't as prevalent as it usually is. Um, they had a couple guys on their team. I mean, their three-point percentage wasn't great, but uh, Lou Williams, number five, he he had two out of three. There was a bunch. There was seven threes made on the other team, but it wasn't like an amazing showing from threes on their side. But um, again, just you know, the type of defense we run, it's going to leave somebody open for a three, and there we go. There you have it. Um, the biggest difference I would say in this game, obviously, is, of course, just the three-point percentage um, is what kind of led us over the top along with the uh, free throw percentage, too. And, I mean, we were ahead in, we were ahead in pretty much every category except for free throws. Um, and with their free throws, I mean, they, they, only, they didn't have that many. They had nine out of 12. I mean, they had 12 total. And we had 24. Yeah. So, I, yeah, anyway. the Another big stat that just is glaring at me that just irritates the balls out of me is that dang turnover. You know, we should – we're known. We're known to be one of the best teams in the nation in, in forced turnovers and turnovers forced. And here we are, yet again, <laughs> having more turnovers than the other team. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't I don't like that either. Um, the only other two little notes that I had on the officiating was I, I, I think the thing that now that I'm looking at my notes, I think the thing that bugged me the most was they were hand checking the entire game and mm-hmm. not on it. And I hate that because mm-hmm. um, like I've dissected before for 47 minutes. Um, that's what <clears throat> really gets you know, players riled up and frustrated and causes more heat during the game where it's not needed. And I, I don't really remember what happened. And I couldn't tell when I watched it back today, but, um, you know, they called that double tech between AJ and one of their players. And I'm, I'm sure it was kind of along that lines. Like you have somebody literally grabbing on you the whole game and then you don't get the call and then, some little bump happens and you get, you know, rightly frustrated and say something. So I'm sure that's what it was. <clears throat> um, my other little note on the officiating is kind of funny. <clears throat> we just thought this game had a lot of reviews. Oh. Until we fast forwarded to Wednesday of this week. And we'll, we'll cover that game probably tomorrow. But yeah, I have lots of notes on all the officiating reviews for that game. Lots of notes. I know that's, that's a good point. I honestly thought that this game had the most reviews I've ever had to sit through in my life. And I was just, we were getting so irritated. And then of course <laughs> the ACU game happens. And I was like, oh, man, I'm wrong. I know I was laughing when I watched it back today. Cause I was like, we just thought they were doing a lot of reviews in <laughs> what was coming. Right. Just wild, man. Wild. Um, so a few other things you mentioned the back door and yeah, I hate, I hate that too. Um, mm-hmm. We did two smaller things on offense, but that can 
cause a lot of turnovers. Um, we have multiple times of stepping out of bounds on the left sideline, like multiple times. And we just had a lot of sloppy ball handling and passing. Like there, there was sloppy bringing the ball down the court, um, like just sloppy or picking up the dribble before you even get to half court. And I'm like, well, now you just isolated yourself on an island. You're not, you're not even down there yet. Um, it's like the number one do not rule uh, for a point guard. And we just made a lot of sloppy passes, like especially – Especially, I feel like into the lane to Nana, and and that's what creates a lot of those turnovers that we mentioned a few minutes ago. That we just absolutely hate when another team has less than we do, and that's where a lot of those are coming from. Yeah, and with Nana, I'm like, man, he's almost seven foot tall. Like, you've got a pretty big like window of opportunity. If you, I mean, if you pass it too low or too high for Nana, then like you're way off the mark. <laughs> yeah, and and. With. Yeah. And, and I, of course, you know, we love Nana so much and we are so impressed with his improvement over over the past year. But still, like he has a long way to go. And if you're he's not the best ball handler under the basket. So, I mean, you would think by now people would understand that and we wouldn't throw him, toss him a ball, pass him a ball, you know, down at his freaking ankles. Yeah, it's a long way to reach down, long way to reach down. And again, like he's not the best at ball handling under the basket when you have three or four guys up on him trying to, again, create turnovers and create um, disruption down there under the basket. So I was like, just come on guys, we got to find a different way to get Nana the ball that doesn't involve, you know, passing it to his ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. hundred um, percent. Okay. Anything else for that game? Mm-hmm. Negatively wise, grievance wise. Okay. Um, so yeah, easiest way to do this would be just to go and do our one word to describe the game. Um, and then we'll move on to the next game. So Jacqueline, what's your one word to describe the game? I just said retribution because being at that loss to them last season was so frustrating. So I was so happy that we could beat them at home to even it back out. That's great. Cause yeah, that's true. I mean, we only, for some reason last season and this season, we've only played them once. Like we played them once there and now they put them once here at back at home. Um, obviously next season we'll most likely be playing them twice uh, the way that it should be because of, you know, us losing Sam Houston and New Mexico. So that will kind of even things out, but yeah, great. So right. That game was so hard for you to watch in person. I remember. It was, it was a really frustrating game and, there were multiple issues with either their fans or their staff being mm-hmm. really <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> All I got to say is if, if you get Gary Miller fired up, then it's, yeah. it's you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's you, not me. It's you. Yeah. That's, I get that. Um, so my one word to describe was just was, was Hawk, Nigel Hawkins, the big Hawk. Played such a great game with 22 points, four rebounds, three assists. I mean, he had a fantastic showing, great game, led the team um, the entire night. He was, again, just being that that senior graduate level presence, presence that, you know, that um, experience on the court really showing and shining through. So got to give it to the Nighthawk, big H, the Hawk. Um, really loved his game and watching him play that night. And so... Um, yeah, but, uh, all right. So moving from this game to 
the next game to take a quick little break here for a second and talk a little bit about um, the few things that we have that's new on our on our uh, our, our merch, our our, our amazing um, website of game day merch. So let me quickly just going to take a quick little break, like I said, and share the screen and show you what we have added to our our uh, merch store. So as a reminder, you can get to our merch by just going directly to uh, our website, which is on all of our social media sites and all of our social media. There's a link to it so you can easily, easily find it whenever you go and you pull up our site, which I'm doing for you right now. You will see our main page here and you can just peruse through that. Um, and then you can, and those who are listening, you just go to, um, like I said, all of our social media pages and the link to our website's right on there. You can't miss it. So then you go to the top little button here. It talks about shop our merch, adding new designs all the time. You just click the little link down here. It talks about bonfire. It'll open it in a new tab. Let me share that tab. And then you'll be directed to our store. And our store is on bonfire. And we use this just because it's an easy way to collect money. Um, we design the shirts and then Bonfire literally takes care of the rest, which is very easy for us. And so we appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so we've added a bunch of new designs on here. The newest ones will be up here at the very tippity top. Um, so we have this new one, Press You. Um, let me zoom in for you. There you go. Press You, little trying to have a little play on a university seal um, with the press you up there, you got pine cones, but you know, you got the basket on the back, the axes, and of course the, uh, pine trees founded in 1923. Um, so that's one of the new designs. And then we also have this new design right here, lumberjack b-ball with a basketball in the background. And then we have right here, welcome to the sawmill. So, you know, obviously if you are unaware, the sawmill is the nickname for William R. Johnson Coliseum. And so, Wanted to give a little bit of a nod to them. Uh, one of the other newest designs we have on here is what we call the Mason. So, uh, Jacqueline, you want to give a little bit of background on this design? Um, yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't remember who came up with it um, and did it. I think it might have been Chauncey. Um, but yeah, whenever you know, we had Coach Mason for the first several seasons that uh, Keller was here as one of the assistants. Um, he was diagnosed with, I believe, colon cancer um, and really do, uh, health is doing very well now. But, um, you know, it was a it was a rough time. And so we did this little fundraiser and kind of show or I don't even know if it was a fundraiser, but more just like to show support for him. Mm -hmm. um, so. So, yeah, this was the design that was created and a bunch of people ordered shirts. And so um, if you're one of those people that have one of these shirts uh, or at least one of these designs in the past, you'll remember it. And uh, Chauncey was amazing enough. Uh, Miss Keller, Coach Keller's wife, was amazing enough to send us the the exact design and logo and uh, yeah, design for it and to add it to our website. So now if you never got a shirt, now you can get one. So that's that's what we call it. The Mason for our coach, Wade Mason. Um, then we have another little game day vibes, a little smiley basketball kind of feel to it. And then the rest are obviously things that have been on there since the beginning. Uh, lumberjack basketball, giant killers, uh, lumberjack basketball game day, things like that. So go crazy, get yourself all the merch you want. I mean, I think if you order now, you may get it in time for 
the um, March Madness and the the Whack Vegas games. I don't know if you'll get it in time for the uh, last home game with Sam Houston, but you'll get it. So there's that. Um, we may add. I've been thinking about this the other day. I hadn't even told Jacqueline about my idea yet, but I'm we're think I'm thinking about maybe doing like a shirt for some of the other teams too. Maybe um, maybe doing a baseball shirt. Maybe doing like a football shirt. Um, soccer, you know, yeah. volleyball, you know, not like as many as we have for basketball. Cause obviously the, it's for, you know, our podcast is basketball, but just throw in a little love, you know, to the other, other teams out there. And uh, you know, we tried to design these so that you could wear them to both the girls and the guys games so that, you know, it's not like just, you know, men's or women's basketball, it's basketball in general. So, I mean, cause we're all lumberjacks. So um, just kind of, throwing that out there too. So um, anywho, moving on. Game number two. This one's not going to be as easy to talk about. But before the game, we had a lot of fun. So moving on to the um, game on, it was Saturday, February 18th at home versus UTA. So University of Texas, Arlington. Um, Best part of the game and day was the tailgate. Let's just say that. Um, and the Heckler Hayes reunion that Matt Atkins had uh, planned. Great, great tailgate, had an amazing time. I know Jacqueline didn't feel great and she troopered and and, and suffered through it. Um, bad game for her to feel, feel sick for and to come down. That was the, well, first of all, yeah, the FOMO of like wanting to enjoy tailgate and I was supposed to spend the whole weekend in NAC and I ended up just driving to NAC for the tailgate in the game and then back because that's the only time I left my bed all weekend. Um, so there was that, but then also since we did the heckler section, we stood the entire game. Mm-hmm. Not the game I wanted to be standing the whole time, but I did it. You did do it. You were a trooper. You were a trooper and I tip my hat to you, my non-existent hat. Um, I'm not going to say that I blame us for not sitting in our normal seats for the loss, but a little part of me does. But it was for a good cause. So anyway, okay. So anyway, it was the Heckler Hayes reunion weekend uh, game. We had a bunch of people in town, a bunch of our friends, our basketball. I call them our basketball bunch. That's just what I call every, our little like, crew of basketball friends that we like travel to games with. We sit with at games away and home, et cetera. Anyway. And so we had a nice tailgate with them out across in the parking lot. Shout out to SFA alumni association, um, RNK for Dunning brewery. Um, all the people that showed up, it was an amazing day. Great amount of people that came for the tailgate. Um, I wish more people would have came and bought tickets and sat with us in the heckler Hayes section. We could have used you, um, but it was still a good day minus the game itself. But we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, we I had a great time, you know, kind of reliving some some heckler days um, over there with with the with the crew. So um, yeah, really good day, wonderful planned event. Uh, kudos to Matt for putting all that together. It's not easy trying to plan an event and, you know, hope that people show up for it. And so, cause we're obviously doing that right now with our Sunday fun day tailgate. But um, so yeah, good day minus the two hours of this game. 
So let's talk. Let's talk about it. So general history background with us and UTA. Yeah. So we've actually played UTA quite a lot. Um, oh yeah. We go into that game. We had 19 wins and 24 losses. Um, largest margin of victory was 110 to 77 in 1995. Smallest margin of victory was 65 to 64 in 1997. Um, we did play them earlier this season on New Year's Eve. We won 66 to 62 on the road. Um, before that, we haven't played them since 2012. But I think for a number of years leading up to 2012, we were and uh, the, they were in our conference. So <clears throat> I think they were in the South one with us for a while. Yeah, I think they were too. Um, yeah. So again, going to skip over the wax standings and seating. Nothing really changed. We were still in the same position uh, before and after this game at the sixth position for seating. So no reason to go into more detail and depth than that. So uh, moving right along into our game notes and our stat section. Um, yeah. So we had set same starters as we have, you know, consistently for a while, trail, Rati, day, day, AJ, Nana, we lost 75 to 70. I will say we had a decent attendance with 3,488. Um, it was well attended. There was a lot of people there. Uh, so the students, but a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sean, take two. We're back. Some technical difficulties on my end because Optimum is a big, just trash can suck dick of a company. Um, Not uh, suddenly, Optimum, they're all the same. They're all stinky. And so I just cannot wait until I can get AT&T Fiber hooked up in this house because... Lately, the past week, usually I have zero issues with my internet, no issues whatsoever, nothing. And the past week, it's been spotty. It's been messing up. Like, it wouldn't let me connect to watch the game on on Wednesday. I had to go do it in another room. It was just, it was not working at all. So, it, it was, it's, it's been weird. So, I'm on a hotspot right now connected to my computer so that we can finish this and get it rolling. But... So if you're if you're watching this, this is the continuation of our last episode that's on there called SFA versus Tarleton and UTA. This is the continuation of it because my internet is a big old trash can. So Jacqueline, where were we? So we were <clears throat> we were on the second game that we're covering in this episode, which is UTA, and I think maybe we're just a little bit into the stats whenever. We got cut off, so I'll just restart on that very quickly. Our field goal percent, our Sean Kennedy stat section, um, our field goal percentage, 36.9 overall. I already told you how I felt about that. Um, mm-hmm. Our three percentage was 30%. Our field, uh, free throw percentage was 64, which is also not great, but not terrible. We did better on points in the paint this game with 34. We had 28 points off turnovers. We had 12 second chance points. We had 21 fast break points, 23 bench points. Um, again, we had a pretty good rebounding game with 35. And what what I think was notable this game is usually our offensive boards um, get better internet, Alex. Hey, Rev. Um, 
Usually our, our offensive boards are single digit. And this game, we had 17 offensive boards and 18 defensive boards. And I do like to see it more evenly split because mm-hmm. let's be real, the offensive boards are going to give us a better chance because that gives us some sort of opportunity to add a second chance point or getting fouled. So yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have more offensive boards um, than what we normally have. Anyway, uh, 17 fouls. We only had nine turnovers. I literally put W-U-T. What? What? Only nine? And it felt like we had way more than that. Let's just be honest. I don't know how that happened. Um, They had 20. It's like, like I said. We literally, yeah, we beat them in almost every stat line. We just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with our shooting. I love that saying. <laughs> I love that saying so much. My mom always says that, and I think it's funny. It's so funny. I mean, the game isn't funny, but that that saying is funny. We just weren't. We just weren't hitting anything. Nothing, and they were hitting it all, baby. We had seven steals and three blocks. Uh, so our game leaders, um, the high point was AJ with 14 points, one rebound, two assists. Uh, but right behind him, we had Day-Day with a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. Uh, we had Trell and Nigel both with 12 points. Um, Trell also had two rebounds, four assists, four steals. He played a great game. Um, and Nigel had six rebounds and an assist along with his points. So, I mean, the, all four of them played a really great game considering. And that's the craziest part to me is the fact that we had multiple players in double digits and we still yeah. couldn't get the W. It's just wild. Wild to me. But I digress. Couldn't hit nothing, man. They had They were – Mm, okay, I'll wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Cause I'm jumping ahead here. Jumping ahead. All right, let's go in. Oh wait, player of the game. Sorry. I don't remember who they named the Pilgrims' pride player of the game, but I, I said Day Day. That double double was. Anytime he has a double double, I'm probably gonna defer to him unless someone just really scores a lot more. Yeah, no, yeah. And I only put on their juice because with his 14 points and being a high point, but he played really well as well. Really well as well. He played great as well. Um, Yeah. Anyway, just this game. Anyway, okay, let's go into the strengths first. What maybe little of them were. Um, But no, but again, based off of these statistics, like, the only uh, anyway couldn't hit nothing that was the main thing but i mean honestly we had so many guys in double digits i it's just shocking to me um we had like you said 17 offensive rebounds and 18 i haven't i don't remember a game where we had that many offensive rebounds no I, that's probably i don't think on the stats they break it up by yeah, they only do like overall rebounds. They don't break it up into offensive and defensive. But I guarantee you that's the most offensive boards we've had all season. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Ken, that's just yeah, in, insane. I mean, Day Day, like you said, that was his fifth double double, fifth fifth double double. 
just nuts, nuts there with his double doubles. Um, I mean, I'm just tr I'm trying to pick and find the good, the good. Um, other than we had multiple players in double digits, both Trell and Nigel with 12. Um, Trell had four steals, four assists. Nigel um, was four rebounds short of a double double. Um, the guys, those guys played great, man. They played, they played great. They had, they, they put their heart and soul into this game and just came, they came up short, came up short. Yeah. The, yeah. The, our top four guys on the scoring there played great games. Um, I want to say AJ had two really nice threes and he also had two really good charges. Um, so yeah, he played a great game. I mean, data I already talked about, he played great. Um, Matt had a few great little shots and a charge. Um, he was two of four from the floor and two of four on free throws. Um, Robbie had some great effort on defense. I mean, we always know what to expect when Robbie's out there. Um, but it's it's nice to see, especially in games like this where we're just struggling. Uh, we did play some great D the first half. I will actually say we did. Um for some period of time, not the whole time, but, um, and Nigel had a really great drive just right down the lane for like monster dunk one-handed slam. That was great. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to talk about losses and, and pick out the pot. There are some positives, but it's just hard whenever you, uh, you build this game up in your head or, <clears throat> whatever it may be. And, you know, you, you plan an event and you have all these people in the stands and then, you know, you walk away with an L it's just, it's rough. It's rough. It really is. Um, anything else positive wise before we get into the negatives? Actually, I do have one. It's not game related, but um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that um, during this game on Saturday, they, and I listen, y'all don't get mad at me. I'm, I've been dying for a week. I just don't remember all of them, but they, we inducted four people into the SFA um, Hall of Fame over the weekend. Uh, one was a runner, can't remember her name, who had a bunch of accolades. One was a volleyball player who had a bunch of accolades. One was a women's basketball player from, I think, the 80s who, I mean, she had all these insane stats. They were dropping. Insane stats, yeah. Um, I mean, it was wild. I can't even remember. Yeah. That. So good. But um, I was dying and standing the whole game. Um, but personally, most importantly for me, uh, Coach Matt, as I affectionately call him, uh, Steve McCarty, who used to be our, our AD for many years, and my family's been close to him for a long time, uh, he got inducted. So that was really sweet. I could tell I could tell it really meant a lot to him, too, because <clears throat> I got up and went down there to give him, you know, a little hug, and he was all, like, teary-eyed. <clears throat> oh, such a sweet little old man. And he's funny to boot. He's he's such a sweet guy. Congrats to all of those inductees for sure. Good job. Good job adding that to the strengths. Um, only other strength I would say is that it was well-attended game. Um, not so much by the students, but I digress. But it was a well-attended game. We had good, good support in the stands. Um, and people were fired up and ready to go. And it, it just obviously didn't turn out in our favor. But, um, but yeah. All right. Moving on. Begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. You. 
Where to begin? Um, again, this game, we just had some really bad passes into Nana, and I hate that because, like we've said before, he's really improved a lot. So I just – I hate that because I, I want us to be giving him the best opportunity to excel. And if you give him some shitty passes down there, what do you expect? And we have one actual – actual intended post player. So like, let's work on giving him a good pass. Otherwise the points in the paint aren't going to be there. Yep. We can't just rely on day day to, because day day's not technically really who we would be running in a post position. He'd be playing a, you know, a power forward. And it's great that he has the um, range to go down there and try to, post up but we don't necessarily want him to have to do that all the time and if you give Nana a good pass I I feel confident that he can get us some points in the paint but you got to give him a good pass yeah and we've seen him we've seen him give us points in the paint like glimpses of it but you're so right I mean it's just it's impossible for him to you know make a decent play on the ball when when the passes are at his ankles or they're over you know they're they're too far left or too far right. Like, yeah, he's a tall guy, but he's not that tall. I mean, right. goodness gracious. But um, there was one thing I'm sorry. I, I literally just remembered something I was going to mention in the positives. And the, the main one was, was our uh, personal fouls. Uh, they had more personal fouls than we did. We had 24 or they had 24 and we had 17. Um, and of course the turnovers, I mean, they had 20 and we had nine again, I'm just shocked at the turnovers and the personal fouls. The fact that we had less of both and we still lost. That's a, just, that's a, that's a grievance for me. I'm grieving on that. How I just don't get it. How I, we could just couldn't hit anything. I don't understand it. Nothing, man. I mean, the normal guys who normally hit stuff just weren't hitting anything. Beyond, they were just – the other – UTA was just on fire behind the arc. I mean, it was just – it was nuts. Just just very, very, very discouraging. Watching all of their balls go in and then us just completely not getting anything. Just it was just wild. Really struggling. Um, I mean, yeah, you got you got Trell two for seven from the three. AJ two for seven from three. Uh, Rati zero and one. Kyle zero and one. Nigel two and four. He's the only one that had a decent three point percentage that game, fifty um, percent, but still something. Free throws. You know, uh, we had AJ at hundred percent. Trell at hundred percent. Um. And also Derek at 100%. Everybody else missed free throws. I mean, Nana was 4-7. to seven. You don't normally see that from Nana either. I know. Um, normally Nana's making those. So it's just very frustrating. I mean, our points in the paint were back up where we normally are in the 30s. But still, um, I just I, – I, I don't get it, man. Don't get it. Very frustrating game. Very, very frustrating game and, and completely. Go, go ahead. I'm, I I can't get my thoughts together. I'm just reliving this game in my so, head. On defense, I have a couple of uh, a couple of grievances. So I was an offensive one, but um, there were several times we just let them drive right down the lane. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, we let them have too many threes. We've talked about that. Um, 
which is hard. Again, we've said it a million times. It's hard to not have back doors or to have threes like on the off offside on the baseline whenever we overplay on defense the way that we do. But the offside man just has to be you got to really be paying attention and not get too far off um, so that you can help. But anyway, uh, we let them have a back door dunk. We there was one where. Oh my God. It was literally like a half court pass down for an alley dunk. It was just the sickest thing I've ever seen. And I was so mad. Um, so that sucks. Uh, I will say whenever Nigel and that guy like collided um, and they kind of stopped the game and then, you know, there in person, we, we finally realized that the kid was bleeding Um Whatever I watched it back on TV, wow, was he bleeding like a lot worse than I noticed in person. Like I still, I mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't watch it back because I didn't have time to try to dissect it. But um, I still can't figure out what hit him or what exact, like what part of Nigel's body hit him when they collided. But I mean, he was bleeding from like here to here. Like it was, he was bleeding a lot. Yeah, honestly, I didn't, I didn't notice that much blood either so that's interesting that you that you brought that up because when we saw the play we just couldn't believe that they were even considering calling a foul on Nigel because it was like are you kidding me like if anything just let it go because they were both fighting for the ball like <sighs> yeah on tv like as soon as it happened before he even got up like it zoomed in and I was like holy shit, he's like bleeding a lot. Like it, there was a lot of blood. It was a large uh, gash. Yeah. So huh. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I would say also, I mean, this isn't basketball game related. This is more on the, it, it was, it was very frustrating for me to see such a well-attended game from the community and then not really, and then look over and see like barely any students in the student section. I know a lot of them don't sit over there, which again, riddle me this, I don't get, but it, it, it was just a weird, you know, when we're, we're playing a game, it's at two o'clock on a Saturday. Like what, what, what are you doing at two o'clock on a Saturday? You know, it's just, it's very confusing to me. Like it's a two hour game you'll literally be done by four 30 at the, mo at the most, like you can, you can drink at the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many students I ran into that game had zero idea that they could drink at the games. Where I am. What do we, what do I need to do? What do we need to do to, and to tell these students, like if you're 21, you can drink at these games. Like you, if you're like, Oh, but I want to go drink and drink beer. Cool. Come drink beer at the games. It's $3 for half the game, you dum-dums. Yeah. Tell me you can get a $3 beer in Nacogdoches. I just don't know what rock you would be hiding under at this point to not know that you can drink at the game. But these students don't know. Like, so I, I literally talked to four students that came to the darn tailgate, and none of them knew. Well, they, just, they just don't pay attention to social media. They don't give a shit. Zero fucks. That's mind it's mind boggling, but that's just the generation that we're in. That's just the generation that they're in. 
And, it, you know, you see that when we do these big like, oh, five students have a chance at five thousand um, dollars half court shot. Man, they show up for that because there's potential for them to win a shit ton of money. But that's the only time they'll show up. So short of us giving away five thousand dollars at every game, there's not much we can do, which is unfortunate. That's just the type of student we have at this yeah, in this time in this generation and at the school. And it's just wild. But anyway, so that's my grievance. That's my big grievance there. Um, also, another thing, too, if you're going to. Mm, no, I'll save that for later. Um, I don't want I don't want to be a total bitch tonight. Let me just reel it in. And then I'll stop. Um, big shout out to everyone who, again, bought tickets for the uh, Heckler Hayes section we appreciate it uh could have could have used a little bit more people over there for sure for more yelling and more cheering uh, i wish more people would have sat with us but again i digress what are you gonna do you can't force people to sit where they don't where they don't want to sit um i'm just saying if jacqueline and i can give up our normal everyday every game seats for two hours for a game you you, you can too but again i digress um, any other game related grievances? No. Other than the fact that we lost. Yeah. And I felt like garbage. No, that's it. You felt like garbage. We lost the game. I'm pretty sure I probably drank too much. That's my own fault, but it was purple lights. So it wasn't like anything crazy. Last purple haze heckler reunion. I was very drunk. You're this one, Huh? You were much more turned up last year. Oh, way more turned up last year. This year was a little bit more chill. Um, don't know why, but it just was. Um, anyway, all right. One one word to describe the game. What do you got? I think I've already said this before, but my, I'm phoning it in. So I, I said threes. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. It's a great word. I just put deflated because I feel like at the very end, towards the end of the game, we knew we weren't going to win. It, they just almost felt like they just kind of gave up, gave up trying, kind of felt a little def def deflated and defeated. And so that's, that was my word. We felt deflated in, in the stands, you know, there's only so much we can do to cheer on the team. I mean, I basically lost my voice screaming defense every freaking possession. Um, you know, it's just it's hard when you're when you're cheering so hard for your team and then no one else is cheering with you. Like it's just it's hard. Not saying the people with us weren't cheering, it's just the people in the stands. I'm like, literally, it takes little effort to none to just say defense or to clap. Like so just the whole, the whole, the whole stadium, it felt very deflated and defeated. So that was my word. Stunk. I wish it would have been better for those who came in. This was like their first game of the year kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, what are you going to do? Moving on to greener pastures because uh, the next game we'll talk about is the ACU game. We traveled to ACU, not we, this team traveled to ACU. Um, and had a better turnaround and a better showing that game. It was a crazy game. It was a nuts game. We'll be talking about that tomorrow, maybe afternoon-ish. Have to decide um, what time we're going to start uh, that recording and that podcast. But, but yeah, that'll be a lot easier of a game to discuss for sure. 
And just for a little teaser, I have so many good little one-liners from Rob on that game. Like I, I can't even tell you because I, well, I was, I, I can't even talk. Literally my brain is so mushy. Um, this game from Wednesday night was probably the day I was feeling the sickest. And so I watched it from bed, but I did listen to Rob on my phone while I was watching it. And he said so many funny things. And I normally don't do any notes during the game, but the when I like watch it the first time, um, the only notes I took down were from Rob. And I had like probably like six or seven things he said that literally had me like laughing so hard, even though I, I love that. So get ready. I got some good ones. I love that. I really do. I'm excited to hear those. Um, there were a couple, couple, couple bangers from the, uh, the, the broadcasting duo at ACU too, that I just can't wait to share. Okay. Um, can't I'll wait to. Yeah. When I rewatch it. They're ridiculous. Um, what? I said, I'm, I'm going to listen whenever I rewatch it. So we'll see if we have the same ones. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll stick out to you. They will. <laughs> they will. Um, but yeah, so we're excited for that. And then of course on Sunday is our Sunday fun day tailgate, uh, getting everybody ready and prepared for the 6 PM tip off versus CBU. That'll be nationally televised on ESPNU. It's not often that we get nationally televised games, so let's enjoy it and let's show out people. I don't know what we have to do to convince you to come to this game, to come tailgate with us prior. It's open to everybody, students, alumni, friends, I don't care, faculty, staff, your your mama's sister's boyfriend's cousin. I don't really give a shit. I don't care. Just get your ass to the game because it's $5 tickets again, $5. Cram the Coliseum, name, a, name something else you can do in this town for entertainment value like that for $5. Even even going and watching a, a movie at our little small town movie theater, going to cost more than $5. So come to the game, bring your family, wear purple or white. White is fine because they're giving out white t-shirts on Sunday. The first, uh, hold on, I, I literally just shared it. I think it's like 3,000 fans. The first 3,000 fans get a free SFA t-shirt and it's white. So have I they, think we Have they shared a picture of it? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that post. I just saw them saying about it. I didn't see the picture. What? Two hours ago, uh, they posted a little video of uh, the white jersey in the locker and then a white shirt in the locker. So I'm assuming that's the shirt they're giving away. I just shared it. A couple of times. Um, so tickets are five dollars. Six o'clock. USPNU. Come tailgate with us in the parking lot. Free food for the first fifty to sixty people. Free beer. Free drinks. Swag. Tailgate games. Come hang out. Bring your coolers. We're starting at noon ish. Get your asses out there. Come hang out with us. Come pregame with us, and then we're going to go inside at around 5.30, 5.45 and cheer on our Jacks to a victory at home. It is one of the last home games of the season. Yeah, next to last. Exactly. So come out. I mean, go to church. Here's your, here's your Sunday plan. I'll give it to you. Ready? It's not hard. Go to church. Church is done by noon, 1 o'clock-ish. 
go home, put on your purple, come to tailgate, go to the game. And then you're done. Day's over by, by 8.30. Go home, have a late dinner, go to bed. Like, it's it's not hard. I, if I hear one person complain, like, well, I, I have church on Sunday. The game's not at noon. The game's not at one. The game's not at two. It's not even at three or four. It's at freaking six o'clock. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So come out to the game. Don't let anybody stop you. Wear your white, wear your purple, and be there. Or I will hunt you down like a dog. No, I'm just kidding. I wanted to do the quote from taken the Liam Neeson quote I have a particular set of skills I don't know the whole quote but anyway so come hang out with us on Sunday that's all you gotta do Rockland and I will be there ready to go ready to party ready to cheer on the jacks and we'll be back in our normal seats so anything else did I missing anything no I don't Buckle up, baby. The last few games of the season, let's get it going. This game on Sunday, Sam Houston, last home game versus Sam Houston in the foreseeable future is next week. And then our last game of the regular season is away in Orem versus the number one team in the league, Utah Valley. So that'll be great. Yay. All right, guys. Um, hope you have a great week. Have a good weekend. We will see you on Sunday at the game, at the tailgate, in the parking lot. Look for tents. You can't miss us. And we will see you then. All right. Follow us on all the social medias so that we get you get reminders. Put it in your calendar. And we will see you then. No excuses. Hope you have a great night. And as always, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks. Adiós.